Would you stand to your feet here this morning? We're going to pray and ask God to help us here today to hear his word. Father, your word says to us, he who has ears, let him hear. Lord, we, we thank you for our physical hearing, but God, help us to hear with our heart this morning. Help us to see with our eyes what you're saying to us in first. Lord, we pray that, that there would be nothing that would distract us. Help us to focus this morning. And God, we don't want to just hear, but God, give us the faith to apply what we're about to hear. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. There was a man uh, who was in tremendous pain uh, from the top of his head to his toes, to the bottom of his feet. His body was hurting all over. And he went to the doctor and had made an appointment. And he says, doctor, he says, I'm in a lot of pain. He said, I don't know if you can do anything for me, but I am just hurting all over. He says, well, he says, he said, get your finger. He says, why don't you go ahead? He says, why don't you touch your neck? And he touched his neck and he goes, ow. And he says, oh my goodness. And then he says, go ahead and touch your elbow. And he touched his elbow and he goes, oh. And he says, go ahead and why don't you bend down and why don't you touch your knee? And he bent down and he touched his knee and he goes, oh. He said, oh, my goodness. And he says, why don't you go ahead and down and just touch your foot? And he, he bent down and he touched his foot. And he goes, oh, my goodness, ow. And he said, sir, you have a dislocated finger. <laughs> you see, it felt like everything was wrong when there was only one thing that was wrong. Get this one thing right, and all the other pain is taken care of. I think in this room, we're all here in this place. There's something that we're struggling with in life. We have some wrongs. We're struggling with sometimes the direction of our life, the purpose of our life. Some of us are struggling in relationship or relationships, uh, finances, health, And today, if you get this one thing first, if you get this one thing first, everything else, I am absolutely convinced, is going to turn out in a good way for your life. In fact, this one thing is the centerpiece of Jesus' message. In fact, he talked more about this topic than anything else. It's the centerpiece of victorious living. It's the centerpiece of godly living. It's the centerpiece of wise living. It's the centerpiece of meaning in life. And if you have a Bible here today, or if you have your device, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to go over this verse. You're going to know this verse by the end of this sermon here today. I hope that you're going to get this in your heart. It's going to be in your memory bank. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 Jesus says to you and me, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, the second half of this verse, I want you to understand the context of it. When he's talking about things, he's talking about your needs being met. Anything that you can think of that is a need in your life, it's covered if you and I will seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. I went ahead and I looked at a couple of other translations of this verse. I want you to kind of catch the essence of this. Matthew 6.33, it says, Above all, pursue his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So we're to be pursuing. We're to be seeking. We're to be on, on, a, on, on a journey. Another translation says it this way, but first be concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval. Then all these things will be provided for you. The NCV says this, seek first his kingdom and what God wants. Then all the other needs will be met as well. You put this one thing first everything else will fall in line. So I want to I I focus on this word first here. I want to take, take a moment. So we're going to kind of tear apart this verse here this morning. If you don't put God's kingdom first, here's what happens. Your experience with God will be diluted. It will be diminished. God wants you to experience him, to know him. I think about uh, when... Uh, uh, at our house, and we have a number of, of kids, and uh, and when it comes to pizza, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I got to have a pop or what, which we called up north or down here in the south, soda, uh, but w- sometimes they don't always get drank up, and then what I do is I, I, I find myself, when it comes to that small cap, I, I torque that thing down, and uh, and the reason why is because a lot of times through the years, uh, I go ahead and I want to, maybe a couple days later, I want to have some popcorn late at night and, and some soda right there. And the thing has been absolutely loose. And the fizz is gone. And so I found myself through the years, I mean, I torqued this thing and they said, all right, dad, okay, obviously, can you open up the bottle here? Because it's only my hands that can open it up again. So, I mean, you just leave the cap off of, a small cap off of that soda right there just for a couple of hours. The fizz is gone. And, uh, and the experience of that is not nearly as well. We want to experience God at full strength. Would anybody say amen to that? God and his, commit, his kingdom demand to be first, not to be one among many, but first. The problem with many people in churches today, in many lives, is that God and his kingdom are not first. He's just one among the many. But Jesus says, seek first his kingdom. Now, I want you to see this. Seek first his kingdom. Jesus here is not making a request No request, no suggestion, or, hey, would you consider seeking God's kingdom first? It is the non-negotiable reality. He said, if you really want to experience God, you must do this in your life. And anybody that basically is going to church, there's no question about it. They acknowledge God. We reference him. 
But for God, that is not sufficient for him. God absolutely demands and wants to be first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All these things will be given to you as well. Now, here it is. We all want the things, and many people want all the things. Yeah, I want my my needs taken care of. But when it comes to making God first in their life and seeking his righteousness and his kingdom, that's another thing. It says, seek his kingdom first. Now, some of you are wondering, well, what does it exactly mean to seek his kingdom first? I want you to write there on your notes, write down this word, kingdom. The Greek word for kingdom is basileia. Basileia, the, the kingdom, the kingdom of God is mentioned 53 times uh, in, in the New Testament. In, in, the, in, in fact, in the Gospels. It's the core of Jesus' message. And when you think of the core of Jesus' message, many of you would probably think, well, what did Jesus speak about? What did he teach about? What did he preach about most? And most of us would think, well, it's love. And actually, it's not. Love is essential in the kingdom, but, the, but that was not the main message. When you think of kingdom, you think of basically a realm. You think of a, a, of a territory where a king lives, like the United Kingdom. It's where a king reigns, and it's a location. Jesus did not think of, when he talked about seek first the kingdom, he wasn't talking about a location. But I want you to see this. He was thinking about, write this down, it's going to be there on the screen. He's thinking about authority, rule, and reign. Seek his authority, seek his rule, seek his reign. So when he says, seek first his kingdom, he says, seek God's rule and what God wants. Matthew 6, 33 from the NCV seeks God's kingdom and what God wants, then all your other needs will be met as well. It says, seek first God's kingdom over what? Now, the question I want to ask here this morning, what do we seek God's kingdom over what? Write this down. God's kingdom over our lives. It means this. It means we consult God first. We consult his word first. We consult God's ways first. First, before, uh, when you're dealing with any kind of important matter in your life, you don't go to man. You don't even go to yourself, even what your mama or daddy taught you. You go first and what, God, what do you have to say about this matter? We don't find ourselves. We don't do that. We will find ourselves in self-made messes and problems. And when that happens, there's there a lot of times there's, there's pain all over when the reality is we haven't been seeking God in his kingdom first. Or what God wants or what we're, what we're dealing with, it doesn't have God's approval. I believe the key to success, the key to success in your life is God's kingdom first, God's way first. It applies to God's rule, God's way, and standard to every area of your life. I want you to think about all the areas that you have in your life. I want you to think about relationships, finances, your health, entertainment, uh, uh, marriage, kids, career, 
Anything that you can think about, God's kingdom, God's way wants to get involved in that, okay? God has a standard, God has a way, and he has a standard. He has something to say about every area of your life. He wants to be involved in that. There was an 11-year-old boy came home from school one day. He says, Daddy, guess what? He says, I can dunk the basketball now. He says, really? He says, oh, yeah. He says, I could dunk the bat. He says, you got to see. He says, I was doing it at school. He says, he says, you were doing it today. He says, and he's 11 years old, dunking a basketball. He says, come on, Dad, you got to see this. So he goes into school, and his son gets the basketball out. I mean, swish, and, and slams it down, and, and, and I mean, dunking the ball, man. It was, and, and this kid has got a smile on his face. He's doing all kinds of moves. And he says, real proudly, he says, Dad, did you see that one? And, and uh, he says, yeah, I saw that one. But the, but the problem was is that uh, after school, he got the custodian to move uh, the, 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 the basketball rim. The standard uh, of the height of a basketball rim is 10 feet. He moved it down from 10 feet to 6 feet. And, and so the dad said, he said, okay, we're going to go ahead and put the rim where it really belongs. He says, now go ahead and try it off. And obviously he fell way short. Our goal is not to bring the standard down, but to keep up with the standard. We're to grow and to reach the standard that God has set. God has a standard and, and, and he isn't changing his standard. We know this, that the world is in opposition to God's standards and God's ways. We are watching the unraveling of our society and our culture. Why? Because it doesn't want to have anything to do with this. This is our standard. And God says, it's my way or the highway. That's, that's, just, the way, that's just the way that God rolls. And that's just the way it is. And I want you to, I, but I want you to see something, what is really good here. I want you to see the context of this verse right here. Many of you know this verse. You've seen it before. But I want you to notice what Jesus says three times. Here in verse 25, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. All of us have been in that place. What you're going to drink, uh, what you're going to eat, your body, what you wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Verse 31, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? And then down to verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I want you, I want you to see here, uh, there uh, in your notes, what is putting God's kingdom first solve? Write this down. It solves your anxiety and your worry and your fears. Anybody struggling with anxieties? Anybody struggling with any fears? Anybody struggling with, with, uh, with, with worry in some way? God says, if you want to solve that in your life and you don't like that, he says, seek my kingdom. Could it be the reason you're in worry? Is God is not first? Or God, that area in your life, that, that compartment that's, that's really important to you, uh, that God, God doesn't have a voice in there, you're, you're not seeking his direction or, or what he has to say or how you can apply this to your life? Matthew 6.32 
from the Mount's translation says this. He says, for the Gentiles pursue all these things. Now, when Jesus makes this statement for the Gentiles, that was not, that was not a compliment. If you were a Gentile uh, and, 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 and you, had, you had the Jews and then there was everybody else, there were the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were people, the Jews, they considered they didn't know God. And, and the result of not knowing God is that they were in worry. They didn't have peace. They didn't have joy in their life. In fact, another translation puts it this way. Only people who don't know God are always worrying about such things. So to be called Gentile by Jesus is not a good thing. I want you to write down two words. Concern versus worry. Concern does it cause you to lose sleep? You see a situation. You see a problem. But even though you see a problem or a situation, you don't lose sleep. You don't lose peace. You don't lose your confidence. You don't lose your faith. But worry, on the other hand, it controls you. It controls your mood. It controls your sleep. It controls your health. It controls your countenance. And Jesus says to everyone here in this room that is worrying about something in your life. I read it, and I've read this thing probably a couple thousand times. And I saw it like I've never seen it this week. He says, you want to you know the antidote to, to covering worry and getting it out of your life? He says right here in verse 26. He says, look at the birds in the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And you know that you are worth much more than the birds. So what Jesus is saying, he said, I want you to take a look. For those of you who are worried, he says, take a peek, and I want you to go outside. He says, I want you to sit down and look at the birds. When you look at the birds, are they doing okay? Are you seeing any birds that are freaking out, that got ulcers, that are, that are, that are uh, in ill health? He says, they're doing okay, aren't they? He, and so Jesus says, I want you to get a picture. Look at them. He says, your heavenly Father is taking care of them. And by the way, if he's taking care of them, he's going to take care of you. Why is your heavenly Father going to take care of you? Because you're much more valuable than a bird or a gorilla. Now, some of you don't know what that is about. That's a cheap shot. <laughs> but that was a sad story, wasn't it, this week? I'm an animal lover. <laughs> and, uh, but Jesus said, he said, my sons and my daughters, they're worth more than anything else. So what are you worrying about? Here's what I need you to ask. You need to ask yourself. It's going to be on the screen. Am I seeking God's kingdom and ways first? That area that causes me to, to just lose my peace, that area that just causes me to get an upset stomach, I need Tums. 
uh, am I seeking God about this? Am I praying about this? Am I searching? Does, does God's word have anything to say? Is there a promise that is attached to what I'm dealing with that I can go ahead and claim in my life and begin to go ahead and meditate on that promise and apply it to my life? Am I seeking, am I seeking his kingdom and his ways first? I want to promise you this. I, I've seen this happen not only in my own life, but to so many people that are dealing with issues in their life. When they make that switch, their stress level and anxiety goes way down. I want you to think of another thing. I want you to think of the problems that you are facing right now. I want you to name the category that you're in constant defeat over. You must ask this question. Have I addressed what God wants first in this area? Have I addressed God's viewpoint on this situation? Jesus says this in Matthew 6, from the Living Bible. Same, same verse, different translation. It says, and he will give them to you. This is talking about our needs being met. If you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. That's a paraphrase. All of us here in this room address God. We talk to God. But I have a question I want to ask you. Is God first in your life? Not second, but is he first? Until he's first, you're no different than the Gentile, Jesus says. The people who don't know him. Now I know this. Uh, switching from doing life the way that we've been used to, the way that we've been taught, the way that we've heard. And, and all of a sudden we have this new paradigm, this new way of doing life. We have our way, way that makes sense to us. And all of a sudden we hear from God's word and that there's, there's a different way to live. There's a better way to live. Uh, to go ahead and making that switch from our way to his way sometimes can be a little bit scary, sometimes a little bit intimidating. But here's what you have to do. You have to put your faith in God. For those, who haven't made, for those who haven't made God first in your life, you gotta put your faith in God. And you say, well, that sounds cliche. That sounds like, duh. But, but I got probably, I, I, I think it's one of the most important questions that I wanna ask you. Once you listen to this question, what do you believe about God? I want you, to, I want you right now, just what do you believe about God? What you believe about God determines the direction and the practice of your life. I want to tell you something. Uh, as your pastor, there's been moments, and there's, in fact, all of us, there's been moments where facing great obstacles, great challenges, great problems, and feeling anxiety, feeling the weight, and feeling those issues, and God understands that. He, uh, he, he knows that we're going to experience it. He, says, he just doesn't give us permission to carry those weights around. He says, give, give it to me. Go ahead and, and, and cast all your cares and burdens upon me. I want to tell you what has helped me for the last 39 years as a follower of Christ, not, not as a pastor, but just as a brother and sister like you. This is what I believe about God, and this has kept me for 38 years. Number one, Psalm 119, verse 68. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. 
Can I just tell you, this is, this is, this is a, a rock-solid foundation belief in my heart. I absolutely, that the creator of this world is absolutely the essence and 100% good. Would anybody say amen to that? So I, now in my simple mind, in my simple ways, uh, uh, if God is good, what, what, what does that translate into? In fact, the, the writer of Psalm said this in Psalm 31, 19. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all, not some, but all, and all of those who take refuge in you. Now, I don't know about you. I love God, but I also have a fear of God. If I go off the path and I, and, uh, and I just want to get stubborn, I want to be rebellious, that I get concerned about that. Anybody goes that path, or for me, that would scare me. Uh, and and there's, there's a healthy fear of God in my life. And the Bible says if we have a healthy fear of God and we take refuge, our trust is in him. God says he's got all kinds of good things stored up for us. Does anybody want to say amen to that? Okay, so if that's true, that God is good and he has good things in store for me, I can trust him with my life. Here's another thing. Another thing I I believe about God found in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. So here we're having a picture of repentance, turning from our wickedness and our selfishness, selfishness and turning to God. God says, man, I'm, I'm ready to pardon. I'm ready to give you a clean saint slate. And then he says, God declares, he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it blood, but bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. I believe that God is good. And I believe that God knows better than I do. And he knows better than you do. I believe that God's ways are higher and better than his. They're tried, they're true, and they've been tested for 38 years or 39 years in my life. And I, and I say to those that are here today, maybe God is not first in your life. Put your faith in him. He is good. And his ways are perfect. They're higher. Some of his ways, it don't make sense. It is, gosh, it doesn't make sense. It's his way. It's higher. It's better. It will help you to flourish and to grow. And he says, he says I'm going to give you seed. You're going to be taken care of. You're going to have bread for your life. And here's what happens when you're checking in with God first about your finances, when you're checking in with God about your future, when you check in with God about your career, 
You're saying, God, Lord, I, I, I want your will in my life. God, I want to do it your way. What you are saying in essence, God, I trust you. God, I trust your ways. I trust your standards. I trust your goodness. And folks, that's faith. And the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And, and if you want to please God, you want to put a smile on his faith. Trust in his ways. And the blessing of God will be upon your life. Jesus says, for the pagans, run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. I say this to those who prepare. Those who maybe been worrying. There's nothing wrong with preparation. There's nothing wrong with doing stuff with excellence. What's wrong is when God is absent or has been removed from the, from the equation. We're just doing things in our own strength. The Bible says without him, we can do nothing. But you do the one thing. You put God first, it will change everything else. I know this. I want to speak to maybe there's any singles here in this room. Singles are on my heart. Whether you are a widow or you're in your 20s or 30s, I will let you know I've been praying for you for years. And I have concern for one of the greatest things that singles struggle with is loneliness. And I have found that, I have found that the only successful uh, singles uh, are the ones who have put their faith in God and his ways and his words. Those who struggle, those who, they say, you know what, and they have something, it's, and, it's, and there's nothing wrong with it. They have a deep desire and, and a need. God, I want, I want someone. I want to have a companion. I want to be with something. I want to share life together. And, and I understand that. I feel that. And, 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 and know that your pastor has wept over you and, and, and prayed for you. But, but it's those who just say, God, Lord, I'm lonely but Lord, I would rather be lonely, Lord, and, and still know you rather than to be married and miserable. I've seen so many, so many single people make the major mistake because out of loneliness cave in and said, you know, somebody is better than nobody and marry someone and start dating someone who doesn't know God. I say to you, my brothers and sisters who are single here today, seek God's kingdom. Seek his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. God can feel God has something for you in this season of your life. Unless you do that, unless, he's, unless his rule and reign is over this area of your life, there will be conflict and frustration and hurt. But I want to go now to the second area. Just take a few moments. The payoff for seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness first. Two things. Number one, worry over needs are taken care of. How many would say amen? I'm going to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. And God says to you and me, he says, your needs are going to be absolutely taken care of. But God bears no responsibility of taking care of your needs when he's second on your list or wherever on your list. In my 31 years of, of, almost 31 years of being a dad, of being a father, I've never seen my kids uh, space out, freak out, worry, or concerned if we were going to have, have enough food, if we, if we were going to be able to eat that day. 
okay? Never seen them worry if they were going to eat. Yeah. What they eat, oh yeah, they're, they're, there's been some complaints over the year. I don't want that, you know? Uh, how many parents know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, but they've never been concerned about that. You know, you know why? Because they figured it out at a very young age. Dad and mom has a covered. That, that's, that's dad's responsibility. I, I know he's going to go ahead and take care of me. That's dad's job. Now, in my insufficiency, I'm responsible for my kids. Coming up with the food, the clothing, their needs, their school supplies. That's my responsibility, not theirs. Now, by, by the time they're a teenager, parents, I just want to give you my opinion. We're, uh, we're to be training them up, okay? We don't, I don't think we should be buying them all the clothes and things that they want. Let them start to buy their own clothes. Let them start to work. Anybody want to say amen to that? Okay, you were to be training them, getting them ready, okay? Fly out of the nest, okay? So anyway, but prior to that, okay, they're kids, they're, they're babies, and they're, they're, I mean, we're responsible, okay? And we feel that, as dads, we feel the weight of that responsibility. And God says this, guess what? He says, you, my sons and daughters, you're my responsibility, you're, you're my sons and daughters, and I've got you covered, okay? And by the way, uh, there's no insufficiency problem. I've got, I've got everything that you need. The only thing you got to be concerned about is to seek my kingdom, seek my righteousness, and seek me. I've got to cover from here. But most folks don't believe that. Really don't believe that. God, I, when God says, I've got you covered, I got your back. I, I'm going to take care of you. A lot of us really struggle with that. And we go ahead and we try to play the role of God and we leave God out of the equation and, and we get into messes, we get hurt, and we go Gentile. We don't seek God's way. God says, don't do that. Do you know what God is doing when he says, seek my kingdom first? Do you know what he's doing? He's inviting you and me to Relax. He's inviting his sons and daughters to seek my kingdom and relax. He's not against planning for your future. For those who love to plan, and that's good, God's word to you is this. Pray and plan. Pray and plan. Pray and plan. A lot of times we, we do it backwards. We, we plan and then we ask God to go ahead and bless our plans. No, we first start off, okay, we, God, What's your will, Lord, in this situation? God, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I would like to do. And, and we, we come up with our plans and we can ask God, Lord, this is what I'm, I'm sensing, Lord. This is what I'm feeling. Lord, am I, am I off or am I on? And by the Holy Spirit, he will speak to us. Pray, prepare, pray, prepare, pray and prepare. So what is the payoff for putting God first? Here it is. Second of all, your tomorrow will be okay. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Verse 34. For tomorrow will worry about itself. The reason you don't have to worry about tomorrow, my brothers and sisters, is what awaits you is already taken care of. Why is that? Because you're a kingdom seeker. You're a righteousness seeker. You're, you're walking in relationship with me. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. I've got that covered. And the one who takes care of the kingdom, 
the ruler, the king, the one who is in charge happens to be your daddy and my daddy. And if your daddy is in charge and he loves you, what you say you're worried about? Just keep him first. Just in case you're wondering, Calvary, just in case you're wondering, little redhead, orphan, said years ago in a song, the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. There's a man who's in the airport and uh, he was late. He's he's got his he's got a bag there in his hand, and he's running down the the aisle, running down, trying to catch his flight, and he's going full blast, and he's perspiring, and, and he runs and bumps into a guy, and the guy he bumps into got, has a pilot suit on. He goes, "Hey, what's going on? What do you, slow down? What 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 are you doing, sir?" He says, "I'm late for my flight." He says, "Where are you flying?" He says, I'm going to L.A. He says, what, what's your flight number? 543. He says, listen, I'm going to L.A. too. And I'm flying that plane. I'm in charge. And that plane is not going nowhere until I get onto that plane. He says, slow down. Relax. Chill. Guy says, okay. So he just slowed down, relaxed, and began to just walk with the pilot there to the gate, had a conversation. He was okay. He made his flight. Slow down. Walk with our pilot. Trust his way. Trust his course. Trust his word, trust his instrument. And I promise you, as your brother and as your pastor, your tomorrow's going to be good. Let's pray.